Season nine has been flying by, and it is hard to believe we are on the last three weeks of the season. If you have ever spent time in frenzy searching for medical records from different doctors like I have, get ready for true value as well as tons of entrepreneurial lessons. I'm Vincent A. Lancey, and welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. Each week on this platform, I interview a different entrepreneur from across the country and around the globe. Whether you are looking to start or scale your business, this is the show for you. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. As the founder of Match Right Care, he has been helping people's lives for the better. Their objective is to deliver a patient's personal health records right to their hand in a clean and simple format. I found an amazing feature out when I was doing this and his patients can aggregate all of their medical records regardless of a different provider. And as someone who spent their fair share of time in dozens of doctor's offices, I found this company to be appealing. And with over 20 years in the field, it is no wonder that this service has found success. Allow me to now introduce Christopher Jones. Christopher, thank you so much for joining the show. Appreciate you having me, Vincent. Appreciate you having me. My pleasure. Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and previewing your story without giving away too much of the entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Christopher Jones. I've been in IT for over 20 years. Uh, most recently, I was an IT director for a healthcare company where we oversaw software development and software integration. Um, so that's kind of the background of my 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 experience. Um, jumping into why I created Match Right Care and why it started, it's kind of similar to yours, Vincent. Is that it's it's always a tragedy. Sometimes through tragedy you can find triumph. You know. So um, in 2008, uh, I had a five-year-old son diagnosed with brain tumor, brain stem coloma, uh, and from diagnosis, the doctor gave him one year to live. And uh, within that time frame, we missed a clinical trial because we couldn't get his medical records in time. So you're looking back in 2008, 2009 with, you know, with x-ray scans, there was no Dropbox. There was no these, these elaborate right. little tools, online tools. So we would have to get a CD run. So we missed the clinical trial because I didn't have his records. I wasn't able to ship it out to a clinical trial for him. You know, looking back at it now, knowing what I know now, that the clinical trial might not have helped him. But how do you tell a 33-year-old parent with a five-year-old son, you know, that, hey, we can't get him in this trial? You know, so I would go on to be an IT health care director in the healthcare field. So I would start to see it on two platforms, right? One as, you know, a professional, really looking at the records, see the, the issues with the records, the real issues, right? The redundancy, the inaccuracies between the records. But as a parent, you're able to see the real need of the benefit of having the records, you know? So, and that kind of birth match right care, you know? So we started in 2017, um, 2018 rather is when we started. Um, it started out as a hobby, trying to fix a problem. I never really looked at it as trying to create a business, <laughs> you know? So the startup world is kind of funny to me. I hate saying startup because I don't never really consider it a startup. It's just, you know, trying to solve some issues, you know, within the healthcare industry, whatever. But, um, you know, here we are now. Um, we're able to kind of move ahead. We're working with six of the EHRs right now. And those are electronic healthcare co software companies that we're working with now. So we're working with those groups. So, um, it's really interesting, you know, the path that we took to get here and how we are here now. Um, but I always try to stay true to what brought me here. You know what I mean? I'm very happy I got to connect with you. That's an amazing story. And you filled a need. Everybody listening on, he filled a need. He didn't necessarily think it would be 
growing to the way it is now, but he saw something in a firsthand experience. He's making it happen. Now I have to ask here, Christopher, was this your first entrepreneurial endeavor? I know you had experience for years in the IT field. This is your first company that you started? No, I, I've been, I, I say this joke all the time, so it's probably cliche, but I've been an entrepreneur since in fifth grade when I was selling now letters to the other kids. You know? Let's talk so about that I, journey I, since fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a journey, right? So I've done that. I've done, uh, you know, uh, buy and sell houses type. I try to get in that. I've tried to, even as far as like Tupperware or whatever. So I've always, I think an entrepreneur, you always have it at heart. So we always look at the startup, something that gets traction as is when I started my journey. But really, I think a lot of times when it starts, you know, just as growing up, right? If it's in you, it's in you, you know, sometimes it manifests even within your job, you know, you, you, you become an entrepreneur, even within your job, how you try to college your way through the different departments, right? How to grow within your job. It still is an entrepreneur mindset, right? Because all it is is a hustle, right? So. Well, thank you for sharing all that. It would definitely relate to a lot of people from the water iced tea stands growing up on the block, fifth grade, growing all the way back. I can resonate there. Was there something that actually pushed you to wanting to be a hustler, an entrepreneur, or like you say, it was engraved in you rather than going the nine to five route? What made you choose this? Yeah, so I, I think um, for me, I think freedom, right, to do what you want to do. Um, yeah. I think, you know, all my siblings, you know, we're kind of the same way, you know, um, we kind of have the mindset of kind of, you know, we want to be as free as possible, right? You're never completely free. You're always right. indebted to somebody or something, right? But you want to be as loose as possible. And I think for me, I working nine to five was good at it, you know, and I can do my job well, you know, but when they looked at uh, the opportunities outside of that, you always kind of balance it, right? You know, what are the benefits? And what are, you know, the deficits there? And sometimes a lot of times when you really take a clean look at it, your benefits are a lot more prevalent than, you know, on your own than actually sitting in a job. So, you know, and I still balance my job now, you know, that, that and still do the entrepreneur because for a long time I have to balance them both. So you got to know when to move, even though you want to be able to move, you got to know when's the right timing for you. And it's not always what everybody else says or what everybody else did. It has to be the right timing for you. And that's a balance. And there's no book for that. You know what I mean? So I just think you just got to always be on the cuffs, wanting to be something more, you know, and the want just to drive the need for you to put in the work and then you put in the work. Then when it happens, you're ready, you know. So it's just a process that is not really booked to. You just got to kind of follow your own gut. There's definitely a lot of positives and there's definitely a lot of difficult parts of being on your own. Let's talk about some of the more challenging parts of being on your own. What are the two of the most challenging? family right and i will say family because it's, it's most mental you know because at the same time when you're moving on your own and you got other people depending on you whatever it makes those decisions a lot more difficult you know and moving ahead so it would be more mentally for me because that is the most you know complicated driver of any of these journeys right is mentally are you mentally prepared yep. and i found that my linchpin was is that if it if i didn't make it through and, and it fails whatever my family is in, in turmoil, you know, so back in my younger days, so you see how it shifts, right? So the entrepreneur mindset shift, right? Back in my younger days, it's just me. I don't care. I was like, man, I live in some, I live in my frat brother's couch, whatever. I make it work. But as you grow through your life and you grow and get older, whatever, some of those, you know, things have to shift to where you got more responsibilities. So as I, as I went to this journey, you know, when I started this is that I was out of job for like about a year, maybe four months, four years earlier, whatever. I knew how that felt to struggle. So to make the decision when I started management right, to walk away, you know, is really, you know, difficult. And I still haven't completely walked away from my job at all. Now I'm still there, you know, 
because I know what that balance is. So for me right now, that hustle, that drive that I had maybe five or six years ago, as you get old and mature, you have to be, you know, cottonous of, of when's the right time for you. And sometimes those drive my family is the biggest one right now, if not the only one, right? Because every decision I make is I want to make sure Absolutely. they're okay. I got a daughter in college. I got a, got a seven-year-old that's autistic and needs me. I got a 13-year-old boy that's just going to teenage years for them. So those are the things, the biggest drivers of it. You have the flexibility of having your own schedule on the entrepreneurial side of things, which gives you the ability to be with your family. But you're a hustler. You have a lot going on here. You've learned a lot, obviously, too, along the way here, Christopher. Explain your biggest lesson learned for our listeners. For me, um, the biggest lesson learned is that it's possible, right? Because I think, you know, the same thing to drive that is possible. Because of this, when you start it and you're really thinking of it, you want to hustle, you're like, man, I'm not getting that, I'm not going that direction because um, I don't know if it's going to work for me, whatever. I can't see it or silver lining, yeah. but still, I'm, I'm, I'm a little religious. So I put a little religion there, too. So mm-hmm. you, know, you got to have a little faith sometimes. And that faith is the evidence of things not seen, which means that you have to walk out there without even seeing it. But you got to be able to visualize it. And if you can visualize it and you, you know, knowing it's possible. I think that's what helped drive you. But you got to be able to see it, you know what I mean? Mentally, not physically. It's sometimes it's not tangible. It's not even visible in your view, right? But you got to know it's out there. So knowing that it's possible is the biggest lesson that I learned because if you never start, you'll never get there. You have to believe in yourself and manifest it into reality. You have to visualize it like you're saying. I love that. And it all comes and stems from being confident in yourself, doing what it takes to put yourself in the position to succeed. And sometimes that comes with learning, having conversations like you and I are having right now, Christopher. If you could choose to have a conversation and learn from any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who's your pick? Walt Disney. Walt Disney. Love it. Let's talk about why. I just think his vision to see Disney World, right? And I think, you know, to, to put that in place. But what, what a lot of people don't realize is that Disney World didn't manifest until after he passed which means that his seats was so strong, his vision was so big that he didn't have to be here for it to manifest. And I think that was a big thing that I get out of him. I'm going to take it a step further here. And there's obviously many places within even one place to have it happen. Where would this meeting go down? Where would the location be? And I said that as it could be a million places inside Disney World. It could be anywhere in the world. Your pick, what's happening? I'm going to flip it on you, right? So I'm in Kansas City right now. So... Where you drew his first Mickey Mouse is right on 31st Street. And it's in the urban areas, kind of hood over there, whatever, a little bit, whatever. In Kansas City. It's in Kansas City, yep. yep. Yeah. So so I would have it right in that spot. And I think it's boarded up now, really. But it's a a landmark, so you can't get rid of it. I would walk in that building, open those doors, and sit down and have a conversation with him. I did not know that. That's Thank you for teaching me something new. When did that building get boarded up? I know it's a landmark. You're saying they're store they're up. Yeah, so I don't. It's, it's always so they have a drawing on it. So it's when I say it's 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 on 31st. They're rebuilding that area now, but it's been there for a while. Like it's been there for years since I don't know, 30s whatever. Then I and I've and I worked at Hallmark as well. So the owners of Hallmark and Disney closed. So I know a lot of their story too. But um, it's been a it's it's been a, been boarded as long as I've been here. So I've been here since '97. So I think it's been closed off. It's not open up. It's not. You would think it'd be a museum or something. But it's just a building that a big Mickey Mouse drawn that sits right there. Well, it's an excellent choice. Can't argue with it, and a lot of good reasons why because of what he stands for. But now we're going to look into the future. We're going to do short term and long term here, Christopher. Where do you see yourself and all of your entrepreneurial endeavors one year from today, two years from today, short term? 
Um, short term, I would hope to be in a position now to where I'm pulling somebody else up. You know, I think I'm getting up in age now. I'm still young, but I'm older, you know. Yeah. And I think I at the lesson sometimes is always where, you know, I feel like I live my life, you know, to where it's at now. And I want to help somebody else that was in my position before. So I would like to see Love myself yes. a successful business, right? But pulling up people that could be, you know, in my position are even better, you know, down the line. So giving back is where I see myself next year, being in a position where I can give back a lot more mentors mentees they play a huge role in the success of individuals i can speak for myself as an entrepreneur mentors i've had dated back from high school even into college yeah. bouncing these ideas they go a long way so it's very admirable now let's look long term what's on the horizon for christopher jones no i i want to be a i want to be a black vc firm that's what I want to do. I want to build something out that big to where we can have a really, and I think there's a lot of, um, um, it's not just, you know, culturally or whatever, but I think there's right. a lot of um, um, opportunity that's being missed. I think there's a lot of opportunity that's just as great that we're not tapping into, you know, and that's just my experience and just my time here. I just think that there's a lot of opportunities that's, that, that could be successful business that look like me, right, that, that move like me, you know, and, and think like me too. And I want to be able to tap into that some VC work, do some funding and make some dreams come true, make some businesses come about. Love the ambition. And now for the spotlight story, this company I think would have gotten a lot of funding had it been in present day. And Christopher, each week I share an entrepreneurial journey to inspire our listeners. And I would love your take on this one. As we have a rock star Missouri entrepreneur on the show today, we will share the journey of another and one of Missouri's biggest entrepreneurs, Henry Block. That's right. The founder of H&R Block is a Kansas City man too. His commitment to never giving up, never engaging in any shortcuts, and always putting the customer first. These are things we hear about now, things you should do. This is what helped H&R Block soar to be a global firm. Him, along with his brother, Leon, began a bookkeeping service in 1946 with a $5,000 loan from their aunt, and they catered to small businesses right there in downtown Kansas City. As the company struggled in its first year, Leon left, but Henry persisted by himself, a true entrepreneur. He never gave up. Eventually, his brother Richard joined him and became partner. From there, it was off to the races. In 1995, the IRS decided to use Kansas City as a test market where it would forego the free tax preparation help that the agency had traditionally provided. Also during that same year, an ad salesman at the Kansas City Star convinced the brothers to run two comic sketch ads offering personal income tax preparation for only $5. And that led to their office soon to be overrun by customers. And Henry Block was on the TV commercials known as America's Tax Man, all from Kansas City. Christopher, what do you like best about his story? Just think, uh, well, your family, right? Because I mentioned you heard me mention my siblings earlier. I just think being able to always incorporate family back into it. I think I love that because it's ironic that the brother left at first, but then came back. You know, I think because at the end of the day, man, what you grow up and you lock in your family, you can always lock in. You don't have to be looking over your shoulder most times, you know. So I do like that, the story that one stuck it out and the brother came back and kind of supported him as well. Yeah, the one brother got his foot in the door, said it wasn't for him. Other brothers saw the value, yeah. came right in. Is this a popular story in Kansas City, this entrepreneur? Asian Block is big. You know, um, uh, it's there. It's the halls. It's here as well. You know, 
right now in Kansas City right now, there's a couple huge startups here that that done very well here too. That's kind of taking some of the smoke because you think a lot of these are legacy, you know, legacy. And I think you, legacy companies, right? They've been around for a while, large companies, but there's the smaller companies. Um, I mean, I'm at Walmart right now. You know, that's one of the jobs I'm at now, but. Um, there's these large, these, these, these startup companies are starting to take over a little bit and really move and get a lot of traction in a short amount of time. Because you think about the halls, the Disney's and all these, these are 50 years in place. I used to block almost 20, over 20 plus years in place. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing some of these shorter startups getting in here and taking over. I'm not saying it's taken away from the HR block story, right. but there are right. some short term stories that came in that's leveraging, you know, the, uh, uh, success quite a bit. I'm loving seeing the entrepreneurs even nationwide here in Tampa and St. Petersburg becoming a great big entrepreneurial hub. We have yeah. a lot of companies solely dedicated to growing startups. Shout out to Florida Founders. They raise funding and Synapse Florida bringing an ecosystem of entrepreneurs together. And that was a great analysis, Christopher. Thank you. And I also want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Ton of value in this episode. I love how you started in the beginning with your why, why you created your company. We can resonate on having true passion behind our businesses. I love this since fifth grade. You're a hustler since then. You were an entrepreneur all the way around. And the Walt Disney answer, big vision. And this is a time without Google. He didn't have the opportunity to just hop on the internet and figure things out. So excellent, excellent choice. A lot of learning there. It's also time for the last word, though. I do this on my other show as well because I want the listeners to really have the opportunity to get to know you, Christopher. What do you want to end off on? I know. I think we end up, you know, I think one thing you asked me, you know, is what what I see. And I said it was possible, but I want to just just finish that up and say, without work, you'll never get there. You know, you'll never get there. Even though you notice it's possible. There's a lot of people that have that vision and know that realize that it's possible. That's a big step to just realize that your vision is possible, but there's work that go behind it, whatever, and never give up. You know, once you get there, put the work in behind it and just never give up because it's not just knowing that you can do it. You got to put the work to get there. You, no substitute for hard work. No. No. So, I love not that last words. Yeah, please. No, no, it's not at all. I, I think that, that even some of your best vision, because for success, you got to have a vision, right? You, most of these are, big entrepreneurs are successful are what we call visionaries, right? Mm-hmm. But they can have the right vision, have it, can see it, but without the right hard work. Um, and, I'll, and I'll even supplement that even more, the team. So mm-hmm. you can put in the work, whatever, but you only have two hands, right? And you only have one mind, one head, whatever. But along with the hard work, you got to accomplish the right team. So this here that you do, the podcast, a piece here, whatever, allows you to build a network because that, that goes hand in hand. It's one part of it that, um, um, to be able to see the vision. Then the next step is to start putting the work. And then last piece of that is you got to build a team around it. In order to do that, you got to get the right, right network, get your hands extended out. And I think this podcast is helpful for people because sometimes your network isn't people that you talk to every day. It's being able to listen to the podcast and get some feedback and get some input and those things too. So I just kudos to you uh, providing this value to entrepreneurs as well because this becomes part of their network, right? You know, you sit and talk to people that you normally wouldn't see before and see and you're able to get some input for it too. So First, I got to have the vision, got to put in the work, and then you got to build that team, man. I agree. It's like a modern uh, business card on steroids, the podcast, where I have the opportunity to connect with you, and then we take it a step further. We do the face-to-face here on Zoom. Well, Christopher, can you let everybody listen on, know how to find you, how to check out your company, all that? Yeah, sure. So you go to www.matchrightcare.com. That's M-A-T-C-H-R-I-T-E-C-A-R-E.com. 
or you can reach me at chris.jones at matchrightcure.com. Go check out what he has to offer. You heard his valuable episode today, a ton of learning lessons, and his company is making a difference. It can certainly help you. So go ahead and check it out. And it's also social media time for the show. We're at That Entrepreneur Show on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And on Twitter, we're at Podcasts by Lancey. So you get updates from all of my shows. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey for all social media and YouTube. And my website is vincentalancey.com. If you are interested in a signed book instead of Amazon, DM me. I would love to connect. I am a three-time published author. And Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health is my most recent book available. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. This one is from today's spotlight entrepreneur, Henry Block. The ethical decision is always the fearsome decision. When something matters enough that we are afraid of the consequences, afraid that even the honorable choice could result in harm or loss or sorrow, that's when ethics are involved. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next week on That Entrepreneur Show. 